It's me, Mario, telling you that this show has some bad language. Please listen responsibly. It's time for Beer Me a Movie. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And I'm Mike Lanham. And this is the show where me and Brian, not Mike, not Mike, important. No. No, we, me and Brian go back and forth, except for this week. This is an audience, actually. An audience rando pick that landed fucking perfectly because well, me and Brian surprised each other. We got to say, yeah, yeah. Mike said like two years ago, you're like, if you guys ever do King of Kong, call me. And then it just happened. And then someone else, someone, someone else puts else it on the list. <laughs> Our listener pick for, for February, Derek Ives chose King thanks, of Kong. Thanks, Derek. No, Sorry, no, no, no. Don't you fucking thank Derek Ives. And let me tell you why. Because me and Brian went to a wedding in October. Oh, no. Oh, boy. And it was a great wedding. Two of it our closest, dearest amazing. friends. And then me and my wife, we go home after the wedding's over, and Brian goes to the after party, and it turned out that Derek Ives was there the entire time. The whole wedding. So then I'm getting texts at 1 a.m. of pictures of Brian and Derek Ives. <laughs> and I woke up to that, and I've never been more jealous about anything in my entire life. It was pretty <laughs> awesome. So, Derek, I love you, and also, go to hell. <laughs> How dare you not introduce yourself <laughs> How earlier? How dare you not introduce yourself to strange men? Who, if you spoke, you would have known <laughs> that, me. Not that you listen now. to on the internet. <laughs> oh, wait. So, so this is... you. A guy you know, but you don't know. Well, now Brian yeah. knows intimately. Right. All right. Well, that's, I, I mean, that's kind of like, it's kind of like the first Tadpog prom. I I went and I didn't talk to anybody. I just stayed I was the there for a few. I was, I was there for, no, 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 no. I went to the expo and then left and never introduced myself to anyone. That's oh, yeah, a look, power move. Those oh, are all yeah. those guys. Okay. <laughs> Like, you've seen them on Facebook making their comments about dicks or whatever, and you're just like, ah, now I know. Put <laughs> in the dicks to the faces. Perfect. You just, you just scope it out and go, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Silently judging, but in person now. I do, the, I do a lot of that. You look like you got the face for silently judging. Like, sitting in the back of the room, just like, ugh, random ass son of a bitch. Was that meant to be a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The King of Kong, a fistful of quarters from what year? 2005, 2007? 2007. That Seven. one. The other, the other 2005. Uh, directed by Seth fucking Gordon. Seth fucking Gordon. I've seen this. Mike, I know you've seen this. Brian, you've never seen this. I had never seen this. I had no idea what I was getting into. Give me your thoughts. Uh, fantastic. Immediately sucked in, and the story here is unreal. Oh, God, that's my first bourbon. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Since uh, we did the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation episode. How does that feel? I feel like it's like an Augustus Galoop sip where it's stuck in the tube that is my throat. Like it oh, wasn't want to yeah. go all the way down quite yet because it's like, what are you doing? Do you remember what happened the last time? <laughs> are you having those flashbacks? No, because you'd have to have memories to have flashbacks. <laughs> 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 Something, something, Beverly D'Angelo. That's right. That's uh, that's the episode in a, in a nutshell. It'll come out eventually. Everyone chill out. Mike, what do you think yeah. of this movie? Uh, I love this. Um, documentaries, like there's like 
obviously many, 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 and we don't always get to see them. But like, you don't see a lot of video game ones, I guess. Like, there have been some, obviously, since this, uh, trying to ride the coattails or success, but totally not what you would expect. You thought it would just be about the game, and it's more about uh, these guys' lives and cheating and and all kinds of stuff. What was that one documentary that came out about the? It's a game called like Caterpillar Snake or something like that, oh, or Centipede. Uh, Nibbler. That's uh, man, man versus Snake. It's yeah. Like, kind of the follow-up to this it sort sort of of. is with like the really sadly poorly named timothy mcveigh yeah (laughs) (laughs) did that they even i think they even say it in that in that documentary they're like not the oklahoma timothy mcveigh lived (laughs) a a normal life until oklahoma city blew up you gotta drop that name so unfortunate name (laughs) and it's and it's got a lot of the same people like walter walter day pops up for sure sure walter day will put his face anywhere he can yeah he will (laughs) <laughs> yeah he will oh god what a character uh should we just get right into this thing there's like nothing in the synopsis <laughs> to talk about but uh there's it's a lot a to talk about story sure but yeah there's oh man this Let's movie right into it the aforementioned walter day is the founder of twin galaxies an organization dedicated to tracking high scores in arcade games especially those from the golden age of arcade games in the early 1980s is it an organization when you do it out of just a home office where you're surrounded by VHS tapes and folders? Uh, he, he seems a little bit like a hoarder. And then he says he does it, I think, for free. So where does, Walter, where does Walter get his money? I don't know, man, because he does this for free. And then he spends the rest of the time talking about transcendental meditation. <laughs> and then he plays a guitar in a passenger seat guitar. which is a really uncomfortable place to play a guitar i imagine maybe that's where he's getting his money he's putting out albums that we don't even know about i would pay money out of my own pocket to get a walter day album there you go <laughs> restaurateur billy mitchell holds the high score for several arcade games including the original 1981 release of donkey kong mike you happen to have a few arcade games indeed in your home you're a collector right Right. How many you got? How many? Uh, four pinball machines and what? Eight? About eight arcades. Fuck me. What's your favorite? Damn. Um, I mean, I play a lot of NBA Jam. I mean, As that's you a should. <laughs> that's a that's sports right game. Answer. So for some people, it's it's a cop out. Um, I did. So obviously, this movie probably helped a lot because like 2007, I'm like. 24 25 years old so like that's right at the age of oh i'm gonna buy a house or or be in that mindset um so yeah i I bought a donkey kong machine um and obviously watching this movie slash documentary you learn very quickly donkey kong is a hard fucking game yep (laughs) Uh, so to spend that spend that much on a machine and most people don't make it past the second or third at best level very frustrating so it didn't get used a lot. I ended up selling it um, about three or four years ago, probably right before COVID. Man, nice. it's amazing how they go out of their way in this to say like a Donkey Kong game lasts maybe like two minutes, yeah. like no yeah. time at all. That thing is just a quarter sucker pretty much. Right. But you're also talking about a 40 year old game that is still super popular. Absolutely. At arcades and, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's you see memes and stuff on on facebook and stuff where parents are talking about their kids playing these newer games like call of duty and Fortnite, and then they hand them old nes games or things like this or mario or pac-man and they're like if you can beat this 
level, I'll buy you this. And right. Kids can't do it. Kids, or, simple or, platform. This game too. sucks. <laughs> well, because if I was paying attention, figure out uh, patterns and platforms and kids today, I feel like just aren't built for that. Yeah. As simple as those games are, the challenge is, is still there. Absolutely. Right. 40, 40, 40 oh, absolutely. years later. Now, Mike, follow up question. Okay. Give me your thoughts on Billy Mitchell. <laughs> Bill, Billy is misunderstood. No. Um, <laughs> in, in this, Billy comes off as, as a bad guy, a villain, a cheater. Uh, just in this, not so much IRL in 2018 uh, also? No, we'll get there? Yeah, we'll, I, we'll discuss it maybe after. Uh, maybe what's going on <laughs> more modern day, yep. but... Yeah, I mean, just immediate villain just has that look that you're like punchable face, super um, punchable face. Oh man, the the mullet look, the the American flag ties. Like, <laughs> what three letters do you use? He, yeah, the guy just. What do you think I use? Points to his tie. <laughs> he he believes in himself so much, like his shit doesn't stink. Well, that's because his parents uh, told him his shit doesn't stink. His right, parents well, love true. Billy Mitchell more than Billy Mitchell loves Billy Mitchell. <laughs> Which is saying a lot, because Billy loves himself. He loves Billy Mitchell, man. That is, that is definitely a guy that talks in third person oh, a yeah. lot. A hundred percent. I recently learned he was he's from Holyoke, Massachusetts, so he's a Northeastern boy. Oh, is that true? But him going that's... down to Florida is the most appropriate makes, thing in the right. world. So right. much sense. Billy Mitchell is going to Billy Mitchell down in Florida. Yeah, he the is. Billy Mitchells of the world are accepted. <laughs> exactly. In Redmond, Washington, out-of-work engineer Steve Wiebe has purchased a Donkey Kong cabinet in hopes of achieving the world record. It's kind of fucked they call him out-of-work engineer when he's a teacher. He's a teacher and they show <laughs> him teacher. teaching nonstop. Yeah. But it's like engineer, well, before that, baseball player, and I guess he hurts his arm. Got the yips, he's, it sounded like musician and then engineer so like all these things he kind of fails at or something happens he's a multi-hyphenate <laughs> sure just not a very successful one he's a an egot award winner without literally any awards <laughs> with no awards what's, what what is the uh what's the quote where it's like blah 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 those who can't teach <laughs> exactly that might that, that, might, that might be steve weeby like, what be. was he teaching though science was he, yeah but it was like biology and i feel like he'd probably be better off on like like more of like a computer science type thing. or something it's 2007 like yeah yeah but i also like how he's like yeah i'm also a musician i play the drum and then he's playing like his chill like the child's this, drum this set tiny there. little but he's drum also set. rocking the fuck out on this child's he's drum set crushing it on such a tiny little drum set and it's okay that's impressive he's got the hand-eye coordination to maybe do this and continue a movie sure and he's <laughs> quote-unquote out of work <laughs> right so he's got the time. I mean, he's got time to go to the East Coast to play video games. He does. He's got a saint of a wife. For real. Nicole Wiebe is the unsung hero of his movie. Absolutely. Using his mathematical knowledge to identify exploitable patterns in the game, Wiebe sets a new record of 947,200 in 2003. Him drawing on the screen with the, like, grease pencil? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fucking mind-blowing, like, to think patterns and stuff like that same same stuff with like pac-man where people just figure out there's ways to make the ghost go a certain way just by moving your character right. he's got the like, the bounce patterns drawn out so he knows where to stop and it's right just unreal was it miss pac-man that's randomized at least a little more randomized at least because 
I just watched the, the documentary High Score on Netflix to kind of get ready for this because I knew Mike was going to be here and I wanted to impress him a little bit. <laughs> you had to brush up on your. But I'm pretty sure Miss Pac Man is just more random. Yeah. Than well, anything. And then there's like there's like faster versions of of Pac Man. I play Miss Pac Man way more than I ever played Pac Man. I have a lot more experience with Miss Pac Man. Agreed. Than is there a game that you play like if you go to an arcade like you're looking for that machine? Um, because I got two that I just adore. Hmm. And it's Cuber and it's Tapper. Tapper. Oh, Tapper Absolutely. Tapper's Tapper fun. was the first one that came to my, my head, like, immediately. Big fan. Yeah. yeah, I mean, stuff like like side scroll stuff. Like, I have a TM, TMNT. Hell yes. I, I had X-Men, like, the four-player, but I love going to, like, arcades that have the six-player when you have enough people. Oh, yeah. I'm so. a rock of friends. Right, yeah. If you got if you got enough friends, <laughs> it's, it's, if not, you're just standing in front of this big machine looking like a loser. But yeah, I mean, I, like I have a Miss Pac Man, but it's been modified to where it's got like multiple games, so I can go back and play Donkey Kong and stuff like that. Ah, uh, nice. So, Could you but, submit a videotape of that, or no, would you get people no. invading your space, your personal He'd space, as we're going to get immediately get disqualified? Yeah and, yeah, and I think that has to do with a lot of the submitted scores for this. So. Yeah. Okay. So Weeby sends his tape to Twin Galaxies as evidence and becomes a Seattle celebrity. Weeby sets a new record with a score of 1,006,600, the first ever score over a million. I don't know about you boys. I love Steve Weeby. Steve Weeby seems like a good ass dude. Yeah, he yeah, he's just he's definitely like that just the cool dad. I love cool that te- or the cool teacher like you go In to the video like, he submits Weeby. to to Twin <laughs> galaxies his kid is in the background like dad i gotta poop it's so good <laughs> wipe, my butt. wipe my butt i've never related to something more like you're so about good. to set the the world record and your kid's talking about like shit in his pants <laughs> yeah but the focus he had even while it's happening like right, my right. blood was starting to boil watching yeah, like, I, I feel like i feel like the first time i was like this is where he fucks up and has to Submit a new tape, but nope, that's the oh, one. Carry on, man. Carry on. It reminded me of a lot, and we're going to get there next week with Happy Gilmore, but this guy just happened to be good at this, and you get, like, serious Shooter McGavin energy from Billy Mitchell. <laughs> that's true. Oh, my God. Yeah. Spoilers for next week. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the rare weeks we do know what we're talking about. Mitchell and Twin Galaxies send two referees to investigate Weeby's machine. Referees. Referees. They're big old air quotes there, but they just kind of walk into the guy's house and his wife can't stop him. They take apart his machine. Like, you could just do that? She's like, yeah, please don't come in. He'll be home soon. And then she leaves and and they con her mother into letting them into the garage to take apart his. We just want to look. So, oh, we just want to make sure it's a legitimate score. Which is such a weird thing to think like there was a time where that was a thing. Like, I'm just submitting a video game score. Is it that big of a deal? But. Oh, Billy Mitchell thinks yeah, Billy it's a Mitchell big thinks deal. it's a big I guess, deal. I guess Twin Galaxy. You better just... send somebody over there right now to verify that score because yeah. be my high score. <laughs> Being number one <laughs> just means that much. <laughs> they learned the machine circuit board was provided by Roy Schilt, a self-proclaimed fitness guru and pickup artist who claims the high score for Missile Command. He also calls himself Mister Awesome. Mister Awesome's what is it? Guide to girls. I need to. I need to. That's the video I need to Mr. see. Mr. Awesome's guy. If to we can up chicks find or that video, will you come back? <laughs> well, of course. Okay, good. I'm oh, going to hunt probably, this thing down. It's it's the probably like 15 on. seconds of. Uh, he just seems like the guy that's like the uh, 
fuck around and find out. Like he's just <laughs> he is the he's like, living embodiment of fuck around and find Absolutely. out. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm just gonna draw it. Here it is. Like the Here's one I... clip they show of this this video, he's like, nobody ever got in the pants of somebody by giving them respect. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> And you wonder why people don't like this guy. <laughs> but, like, Steve Wiebe can't be mean to anybody. So, like, he befriends exactly. every single person. He does, man. Even, I mean, he tries Billy later. We'll get there. But, like, <laughs> Steve Wiebe is just who you want to be when you grow up. Exactly. I want to I grow up to be a Steve Wiebe. You're really good at video games. You're slamming saints. You got it all. <laughs> they, they knew what they were you doing with this documentary. You got a kid that knows when he's got a shit. That's important. That's <laughs> really important. Unbeknownst to Weeby, Schilt and Mitchell have been at odds for years after Mitchell questioned Schilt's high score, causing Twin Galaxies to disqualify it. Twin Galaxies suspects that Schilt may have tampered with Weeby's board and does not recognize Weeby's record because it was made on video and using a board which may be questionable due to its association with Schilt. They notice like one little bit of like glue in one spot. They're like, that's going to make the donkey faster yeah. yep. i think this, this board's been altered you can like, see oh, you, that there's a, a mark on it's a solder point or glue or this there, board doesn't look original. something gooey on the right side of the right <laughs> side of the right side he's like i just i randomly bought this machine like i don't know the difference and right i mean how many people would like modified or not unless you are deliberately cheating which i guess when you're ranking yourself as number one in the world that's going to come into play Exactly. But he, he ends up selling that machine. Is it in the movie or is it in the deleted scenes where he sells the machine for like $200 because he didn't think it was legit and come to find out it probably was? It's not in the movie. That's okay. new to me. Okay. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. So he's playing it, on a real it, machine at the end of this thing? Yeah. Fuck me. That changes a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think I think there's an interview. Maybe it's in the special features on the DVD where his brother's like, yeah, he sold the machine for like $200 because he didn't think it was legit or something, and then buys another another machine. So his brother has totally killed someone before, right? I no. do get like, that vibe. I got Wait, that vibe. Is it the brother or is it the friend? The that friend. Looks, I don't the know, guy one with of the, them has the, like severe Sopranos vibes. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's the friend. Okay. Like, with the, with the, like, the like perfectly weird goatee that just yeah yeah, yeah. the guy Almost who for looks whatever reason lights up a cigarette mid-interview it's like <laughs> i got a fucking camera that's on me. a power move <sighs> let me tell you how great a guy steve weeby is <laughs> we know barrels can't stop him hot sauce can't <laughs> stop him weeby travels to a tournament at fun spot in laconia new hampshire to attempt a live score for high-ranking Twin Galaxies members. How far away is Laconia from me? Like, I'm Googling this as we're doing this. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm going to say never considered going. four hours. Yeah, it's about, Four like, is not bad. To think of all the places in the world where it's like, this is the place to go for a tournament. New Hampshire. New Upstate Hampshire. New Hampshire. Laconia. <laughs> it's not mid-state New places. Hampshire. Not yeah. Chicago, not Florida, not California. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Three hours, 11 minutes from me. And he lives in Seattle, so one side of the nation to the other. I mean, New Hampshire is like the eastern Washington. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but as somebody from New Hampshire, I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> and Steve is out of work. Who's paying for this flight? Like, is there secret money coming in from Roy Schultz selling his Mr. Awesome videos. <laughs> Someone is supplying Mr. Awesome money to get to 
get to New Hampshire. Yeah. Weeby challenges Mitchell to a Donkey Kong competition, but Mitchell does not attend. But he does send Doris, and Doris seems like just the <laughs> sweetest old lady, this Cubert champ Doris, who's like 90 years old. I would have respected my grandmothers a whole lot more if they could game, instead That's of just true. like knitting and waking up early. <laughs> what do you do, Grandma? Why don't you become a Cubert champ? I don't need another fucking blanket, Grandma! Put the sewing needles down and pick up a joystick! Got a lot of time on your hands, Grandma. <laughs> I mean, my, my mom used to play a lot of Tetris. I don't okay. think I've ever seen my mom play Cubert or Donkey Kong or Pac-Man. I've never seen my mom pick up the sticks. Like, that's what I want to see. My mother's game was Crystal Castles. That was What's my Crystal Castles? I don't know what that is. You have a, uh, it, it uses a wheel instead of like a, a joystick. Uh, I was thinking and, Castle uh, Crashers in my head. I was like, that is a weird <laughs> game for your, for your mom to be into, but all right. I've only played it once. Um. And it was at Fun Spot. And no, I've never been to Fun Spot. No, no. We should go to Fun Spot. Field trip. I've actually been by Fun Spot, but I've never been in. Why would you be that far up in New Hampshire and just not stop um, at the Mecca? I didn't know what mecca. it was at the time. <laughs> fun Spot just sounds like a strip club. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, the first ever day I worked on a movie set, it was a TV show at the time. It was... Uh, it was a show called Unforgettable, and she forgot in the first season. That's how you know it's not a good show. <laughs> uh, the first day I was ever on an actual set, they sent me to a strip club in Long Island City, and it was called Goldfinger's Infinity Club. It's a fantastic Just to name. give you an idea of how dirty the place was, extras mm. who will do literally anything to be on camera refused to touch the poles until they were wiped down. Wow. Fun spot, though. Fun spot. <laughs> That's a stripper place, in my mind. Depends on what kind of fun you're looking for. <laughs> right. What kind of spots you're looking for. Observing that Weeby is playing a strong game, Brian Koo proceeds to alert nearby gamers that there could be a Donkey Kong kill string coming up. <laughs> he's so fucking excited. So excited. It's funny because, like, he's so obnoxious, but he's going up to everybody in the arcade like, Donkey Kong kill screen coming up. He goes up to the same guy at least twice, and the guy's just like, I don't fucking care. And he's like, Donkey Kong kill screen. Yeah, he's like Billy's, I think he calls himself Billy's protege. Yeah. Because he's like, Billy's Donkey Kong champion. I'm pretty good. And then he talks about all these. Right. And then, of course, when he does play, he loses like five seconds in. But, uh, (laughs) I mean, the whole whole thing is like, how many people can we get? Can we put the pressure on Steve to fuck up so he doesn't break Billy's, Billy's record? And the whole time he's like running upstairs, like calling Billy, giving him score updates the whole time. And like you learn that the game only lasts about two and a half hours to get like right. the kill screen, and he calls in, like, his, Billy uh, Mitchell his... like ten times in this. Right, <laughs> he's just in his button-down orange shirt. Like I had yep. to dress up because there were going to be cameras here. The shirt still has its folds from Coles. Well, of course, he's like, just he didn't even bother. <laughs> it's so bright, but he's still trying to hide from the cameras while he calls Billy with updates. Brian Koo sucks ass, right? We all agree. Yeah. Like all the asses, puts a straw right in, it sucks it right up. I think maybe up. my favorite part of the movie is is when they show his reaction after Steve Weeby <laughs> so dies hurt. in the kill screen. He's like, I thought I'd be the first person to get a kill screen at Funland or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Fun spot. Fun- I Fun- showed Fun- up Land? here at Funko Land. I've been to Funko Land. <laughs> all right. He, Brian, on, on the nose, Brian changes shirts at one point, and it's an EB Games like giveaway t-shirt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, of course. 
this guy definitely managed a video game store at some point. Because he says he retired at 30 at or 30, something. He's like, yeah. he's like, I'm 30, I'm retired, I come to a fun spot every day. Every like, day. What the fuck did you do that you could retire at 30? I don't know, man. I wish they said what he did, because I was yeah. legitimately curious. And I'm not going to Google this, man, because he's not worth a Google. <laughs> I don't need any kind of targeted Brian ads. Show. No. <laughs> <laughs> be the weirdest ad in the world. Before a crowd, Weeby sets a new high score of 985,600 and reaches the kill screen, ending the game. Does it live? A lot of, a lot of pressure. Obviously, like you said, he invited Billy, and then Billy doesn't right. show up. And I love, like, everybody has, like, this lore about how the Donkey Kong machine at Fun Spot is cursed, and it's the hardest one in the world, and he does even better on that one than he does in his original <laughs> yep. score. Right. And, and, but he beats the game, doesn't break a, a million, but at home, he gets a million without beating the game. So it's just weird yeah. how, how much of a difference a score can make, just the little nuances in the game of, like, jumping over certain things or repeating things over and over without dying, Right. I guess, adds up points. I hadn't thought about that. That's actually amazing. Well, yeah, because I think Donkey Kong is different. Like Pac-Man, there is a specific score you can yeah. get. Yeah. Because like all the like uh, fruit and then like all the ghosts and you have to hit every little pebble and whatever. So because like Billy Mitchell, I guess, has or at one point had the Pac-Man record and stuff. Yep. So they said the Donkey Kong was like his last standing record. Yeah, yeah, Donkey Kong and so Donkey Kong Jr. were his last two. For for a guy that sells hot sauce, man, he's got a lot of time on his hand to play uh play these games. He's also a restaurateur. Sure <laughs> is. <laughs> we'll get there. I was very as soon as I saw the hot sauce, I was like, mm, should I, I was try like, I was to like, acquire well, that, some that, of this? I was gonna ask if Brian had ever traded, but if you hadn't seen it yet, you didn't know Billy Mitchell quite yet. I'm also now a little bit upset that maybe I'd be supporting a bad dude if I get it. <laughs> so I don't know. Dip into that Patreon fund, buy yourself a bottle of Ricky's hot sauce, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. Contrary to his statements that videotape scores carry less validity than scores achieved in public, which had also been upheld by Twin Galaxies and was in fact the entire reason we became on site, Mitchell sends his friend Brian to Fun Spot with a VHS depicting himself achieving a high score of 1,047,200 points, which Koo plays for the patrons and referees at the arcade. He shows it in the cabin first, which is really weird. Like, he yeah. calls Billy, and he's, like, he's naming all the people that are at the cabin eating pizza. And he's like, uh, yeah, the invite-only list. And I'm like, do you want to be invited to watch a videotape? And how, what is the runtime on For real. someone beating Donkey Kong? Oh, I thought you, you know were going to say, what's the runtime of all these people beating off to Billy Mitchell? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not 30 minutes. It has to be multiple hours of... Oh, yeah. And you're just watching a really bad VHS copy of a TV turned on its side. Eating New Hampshire za while you do it. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Yum. (laughs) (laughs) I like the whole reason that there's this VIP list is because they just don't want Steve Weeby there to see it. Yeah. Well, it was like, let's show the video at the cabin and then they come back and show it at Fun Spot. But they make sure that Weeby's mid game when they do it. Of course. Okay. Not a political podcast. Major fucking Donald Trump vibes out of Billy Mitchell. <laughs> like, major. Listen, clearly they are cheating with the scores that they're submitting via videotape. I would never do that. I would only do my scores live in person. Also, here's a videotape that you can look at now and see that I got a better score, the best score ever. In fact, people are saying um, in Donkey Kong, and you should see this. 
uh, well, uh, Steve Weeby, uh, Steve <laughs> Weedy, Weenie Weeby over there is doing his score. So um, you'll see that it's a perfect, perfect game, perfect score. The most and... perfect game that's ever been put together. You could ask my trophy wife. It's the most perfect game that's ever been put together. People are saying that the score may never be beaten. I love the people who made this this movie. It's like they don't have to say anything, but like the way the camera just zooms in on like the tracking issues in the corner. Yeah, like just, the ca- you're you're just like something is fucking the conveniently wrong here. placed glitching that happens yep. in the top left hand corner of the right, video. Right as it rolls over you to a million. Don't need to be good at video games if you're good at video editing. That's all it comes down to. <laughs> In a hypocritical reversal of their new policy on videotape scores, Twin Galaxies proclaims Mitchell the record holder, despite some skepticism about the video's authenticity. And head referee Robert Mazurzek, Mruzek, Mruzek, this weird-looking fuck, claims to have (laughs) noticed the tape jumping from score to score. I mean, that guy has it made. He just sits at home and watches people play video games all day. He was, like, into Twitch before Twitch was a thing. It's a good gig if you can get it. <laughs> Is he sack. another one of the unpaid employees of Twin Galaxies, He's gotta though? be, like... <laughs> Where are these guys getting money? Just stacks of VHSs in front of his TV. <laughs> just to watch and see if you're cheating or your score's valid. Yeah, That sounds like a nightmare job, though. Yeah! It's like, so I remember boring. sitting at... The 24-hour stream, watching Sean from the Experience Grind podcast play. What was that game on speedrun? And I felt like killing myself. <laughs> it was a duck game. I don't remember what it was. Was it DuckTales? It might have been DuckTales. And he made a comment at one point, like, I can't believe you guys don't know this. And that's when I actually like put the cyanide tablet in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at watching other people play games. No, I'm not good at it. That's a whole thing now, though. I mean, I know it is. I want to like embrace it because I'm pretty good at FIFA. I'm really good at NHL. I want to like embrace this and dive in. Like, I I will jump in on a Twitch stream and watch somebody I know playing something. Yeah. Like, there's just conversation. Just hanging out with your bud there. Right. Yes. But like these people who sit at home and watch, like, if I want to see the, I'll play the game myself. And at the same time, this eight year old kid is a multimillionaire and I'm scraping to get by. I will say I will watch like anyone who has pyrotechnics in their bedroom because that's mm. a thing where you have these kids who like, <laughs> get a kill in Call of Duty and then the Fourth of July like lights up in their bedroom and you know their mom's just like sitting there with, outside the door with the fire extinguisher ready to go, but she doesn't really give a shit what Timmy's doing in there. She supports him because, because he's bringing a, in money. He's not sinning, and B <laughs> bringing the money, bringing that bacon. He's paying the bills. <laughs> he's not sinning because he's on camera and Twitch. Does not allow that. No, Twitch doesn't allow sins live. <laughs> no. <laughs> when Weeby asks to see the tape himself, Koo refuses. Of course Obviously. he does. He goes. He goes. Uh, one one time only. One play only. It it's one like play only. Even though I just, just played it the twice. most scumbag response. Like, nope, it played. You missed it. Ah, oh, you shouldn't have been so busy trying to win Donkey Kong. You're over here breaking the right. Ra- oh, there was a pre-made videotape ready to go. I've never wanted anybody to get a catfish be swatted as badly as Brian Koo. <laughs> he's just doing the work of Billy Mitchell. <laughs> he's catfish. He's probably catfish like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> you retired at 30, you must have money. Or he doesn't. He didn't even bother ironing his shirt. Uh, hey, That's mom true. and dad bought that at Kohl's. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they did. I used my Kohl's cash for this. <laughs> 
Nine months later, Guinness World Records has published Twin Galaxies records, including Mitchell's latest score, and hosts a tournament in Mitchell's hometown of Hollywood, Florida. Do you think that the Guinness Book of World Records people knew that Walter Day was sitting in his hoard room while he was taking this phone call? They made it official to put him in the book? That's what he, he's like, man, you guys were here for history. Like, they just happened to be recording at the time. And then, like, they, uh, they jumped to Steve in, in, like, a minivan with his daughter. And his daughter's like, why does everyone make such a big deal out of being in the Guinness Book of World Records? Is it cool to be in the book now? Like, it used to be cool, but is it cool now? Well, now, like, you can just make something up, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I threw a baseball over three houses. That's the world record. <laughs> That's the world because record. Because no one else has ever, over. no one has ever submitted. They weren't just any before. houses that I threw the baseball <laughs> over. They were colonials, so you knew that they had the extra story built on top. People are saying it was a perfect throw. <laughs> it wasn't even a fastball, it was a curveball, which makes it more impressive. It's like, oh, here comes the life lesson where the, the <laughs> eight-year-old daughter just like, why are you killing yourself? Just be happy. To get with your name in a book. Right. But the Guinness World Re- I mean, for a while, I don't know how popular that book still is. I think like, I'm going to go for longest pinky now. <laughs> There's one I legit considered going after. And it was oh, really? so specific. Yeah, because I-, I was sitting at my house one day with my, my five-year-old, and she was eating grapes. I said, throw me a grape. And I caught it in my mouth. I was like... I'm pretty damn good at that. I'm like Wonder a what goddamn consecutive grapes. Yeah. So I googled. I was like, "What? What's the record for like most grapes caught? Like in a like when you throw them up and catch them?" And I couldn't find that record, but I found like the longest throw, oh. like self throw in order to catch it, and it was like 90 feet. So I was like, "If I go to a baseball field right now, I throw that grape right up in the air, and I take off to first base and just put my head up and catch it, I'll get in that book." <laughs> This is a serious <laughs> thought that I've had but here's the thing. many a time. You would need evidence that it happened, so please record this. Please. I could record it real easily. Didn't the iPhone just put out like the cinematic video with the one, like the mom running yeah. down the side of her kid running like a twenty meter race, and she's so proud of him. She's so proud of him, but she's faster than all those kids. She is so much faster than all those kids, and she's got like the big <laughs> bubble jacket. And she's running sideways. <laughs> Get her on the team. <laughs> Much like this movie, do video submissions count? Like, I always see those videos where the uh, Guinness World Records guy and his suit jacket and his clipboard. They're always there in person. I think what you do is you submit a video and then they have somebody come out to verify that you can do it in person. Uh, Dude, I'll gladly waste someone's time. That's not a problem. (laughs) I do a podcast once a week and waste a lot of people's time. Because the award's already printed, it's ready to go. They're like, here it is. You just caught a grape from 90 feet. You also have an eye patch because you probably poked yourself in the eye. <laughs> when you said that, my first thought was that, like, there's a Guinness record, like, they have it printed out ready to go, but if you don't do it, they just, like, send it to Africa or whatever, like they did with the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles Super Bowl <laughs> Here's some wall It'd be art. great if they took the record, showed it to you if you failed to do it, and then just, just rip it up right in front of, front of you. Of you. Like, nope, not this time, bud. I'm considering that grape record. I say you go for it. You know what? If I'll I get go the hot for sauce. It, it you Patreon go for the grape record. Boom. That's a month of Patreon right there. I'm stupid good at catching food in my mouth. When hot I throw sauce it in the review air. and Dave stupid catches food it. in his mouth. How's your hand eye? Not, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's okay. My hand mouth, though, is phenomenal. <laughs> I've got great grape mouth coordination. <laughs> Weeby again challenges Mitchell to a public competition, but Mitchell refuses, even though he lives like around the corner. 
they did the competition in Hollywood, Florida. So like, oh, he'll he have will no not, reason show to not show up. He's he's like, oh, I'm busy that day. <laughs> what? Weeby fails to surpass the record, but Walter Day acknowledges Weeby's integrity and invites him to submit taped scores whenever he wants. I love how he gives him like participation awards. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, you know what? You spend hundreds yourself. of dollars on flights. Didn't wipe his kid's butt. <laughs> Billy walks in like mid game because he knows Steve can't stop right. to talk because you can't pause the game. And then he's like, oh, there's certain people we just don't want to like spend too much time Steve on. Steve says, <laughs> hey, Billy. Yeah. Yeah. And then like you see what only I can assume is Billy's wife is like the perfect person. You go, that would be the person that marries <laughs> Billy. Like. Out of his league, looks like he ordered her from She Russia. looks like John Fetterman's wife. Because if you look at John Fetterman, he's not far removed from Frankenstein. It's monster. <laughs> the monster. Her, like, her, like, her, like fake boobs are like <laughs> yep, the yep. It's like, it's on the nose. I got hot sauce money, baby. <laughs> Fill them up. Billy Mitchell moved down to Florida to get him one of these trophy wives. <laughs> <laughs> So with the recent blessing of Twin Galaxies to submit, you know, home-recorded video, Weeby achieves a new record of 1,049,100. They do a great job at the end where it's like, oh, you think, like, the movie's over, and then all of a sudden... But... Steve broke the... Steve broke the record. (sighs) He's the absute best. You gotta have that feel-good moment. You do. Do you think they told Billy about that feel-good moment, or or did he find it out when he, like, bought the DVD? Could you imagine he doesn't even know that he's painted as the bad guy in the, in the documentary? <laughs> and he, he rents it, and he's like, what the hell is this? Yeah, because they did a lot of, uh, like, Q&As and stuff. Uh, Alamo House, a couple of other, like, big theaters and stuff where, like, they showed this, and they tried to get Billy. Billy well, wouldn't go. Yeah, I want to say they even tried to get, like, some of the, like, guys from Nintendo. And they're like, ah, oh, they're a little busy. I was like, well, at the time, they were probably like, you're making a documentary about Donkey Kong? Like, it's not even It's not. <laughs> also, you can buy Ricky's Louisiana Hot Sauce on Amazon right now for twelve fifty. Oh, oh, we're doing that. And in the description for it, <laughs> it says that it contains more pepper mash and is thicker than any other hot sauce on the market. Well, I don't believe And the believe building that in which second. the original restaurant is located has been declared a historical landmark by the state of Florida, which I totally buy. That could be a Billy Mitchell lie, or it could just be Florida being Florida. <laughs> it's Florida being Florida here. Billy Mitchell probably has no idea. <laughs> so is that uh, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters from 2007, directed by Seth fucking Gordon? That it sure is. The story's amazing. Ten. <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> and the, the best part is, it's all true. It is all true. And I love the decision that they made. And we'll get there with style and tone director, whatever it might be. There's two different types of documentaries that you can do. You could do fly on the wall like they do with this one, or you could do question answer, where you put yourself in like a Michael Moore would do. Right. I think that this was a brilliant choice for letting the hero show and the villain show and building the story into that. It's so damn good, man. And the story is compelling as all hell. There's controversy. I thought I was just watching a a documentary about the stupid game, and then all of a sudden I was like invested in the people playing it. You are, and it goes a totally different way than like Man vs. Snake does because Man vs. Snake is more of an endurance movie than anything with Timothy McVeigh who didn't blow up the Oklahoma City (laughs) building. Not that one. (laughs) But you're like rooting for this guy trying to like overcome the endurance of it and his mental state is like going to hell as he's trying to play this game nibbler. 
And with this, it's you're going more like person versus person. It is history versus the now. There's been like interviews. I think the last one I saw was like 2018, maybe. And Steve and Billy are together at like a maybe it's like an expo, like something for gaming. And basically, they both say that the filmmakers made it out to make Billy the bad guy. And I don't know if that's just Steve being Steve and he's just too nice to be like. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, Billy Billy did some really sneaky shit and whatever. But it's like uh, they act like they're kind of buddies. But maybe I did read that that it uh, they get along better than the, the film portrayed. Well, the problem is neither one of them are ranked in like the top 10 of donkey kong anymore nope no. not anymore no steve so many, is 12th now yeah so many people uh have come along probably because of this <laughs> sure. to set the record some of it uh, is kind of shenanigans like i think number one in the world set it on the nes not an arcade i'm like is that the same is that legal did walter day true? allow that yeah because like twin galaxies like so Guinness Book of World Records reinstated all of Billy's scores. Right, after he started like, to they sue They talk him. about it in the documentary where they're like, we're going to put the top ten in the book, not just number one. So Steve's like, well, I'll make that list. And then they reinstated Billy's, but like to this day, Twin Galaxies is like, nope, we're not reinstating them. Right. You played on emulators or you hacked this ROM or whatever. Uh, and I think Billy even sued Twin Galaxies. Yes. So that was as soon as like 2018, I think, that I was all like, what you, went what down. What are you suing him for? Like, Walter doesn't have any money. <laughs> no, he has no money at all. Like, <laughs> do, I want your file folders, bono. Walter. I want your those, sweet I want manila those, envelopes. Pay me in Line around. All those old recorded over VHSs <laughs> are mine. As of today, the uh, the current number one score is 1,272,700 points by uh, John McCurdy, set March 17th, 2021. That's a COVID score, though. We had the time. Exactly. Everybody had time to break Donkey Kong scores over COVID. So while everyone's doing all these trick shot videos on the YouTubes, you have the John McCurdy who's trying to beat the score that actually matters. Also, I watched the shit out of every one of those trick shot videos still. Of course. There's so Ever, much fun. Like the guy throwing the disc into the Wii is impressive as hell to me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The uh there's a baseball one where there's just like a pipe in the middle of a brick wall at a high school. You ever seen that one and the kids just throwing it? You got the time, man. What else are you yeah. gonna do? Right? Just keep doing it till you get it. All you need is you just gotta get it once. And then it's That's there right. on, on video. <laughs> That's right. They should get that, that disc Wii guy to play Gambit in the new X Men. You might as well at this point. Right. Uh, you'll cast them 40 years from now. They might make the movie. Uh, I feel like Hawkeye. Don't give me hope. The next category is casting. And, um, well, these are the people. Yeah, there's not really so much casting. But in terms of documentary filmmaking, you're looking to find characters. And, oh, boy, did they find them. Dude, they, they come out from the beginning firing 100 miles per hour. This documentary started off as just being about competitive gaming in general, and they were well into production when they found out about this rivalry between Weeby and Mitchell. And they're like, forget everything we've done. We are refocusing this whole documentary on these two, which is why you get like these little, you get these little like, quips about, you know, uh, Doris, the Qbert champion, and you have these small little other segments, but they had over 300 hours of video shot. Jesus. These are characters. This gets a full-blown 10. This is a 10. 
I feel I feel bad. Doris died before this movie released. That's a bummer. Did she ever get the record in Cubert? I don't think so. Well, died in disgrace then. That's unfortunate. Really, her her role was to deliver a videotape. They're like, we need more female <laughs> characters. Uh, yeah, he's like, you can lose your luggage. Do not lose this tape. You he can, says you, it's a Brian Coo, though, also. You he's like, lose you your can life. lose your life, but don't, life, lose, the right. don't lose the tape. But I love, I love the guy at the very beginning who's like, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I don't smoke, I play video games. I like, could relate oh, to that guy, though. I get that guy. That was the most yeah. relatable person because he owned it. I immediately he went, fully owned nerd. it. Yeah. <laughs> they're, just, they're just like, we're going to stereotype the, the video game people. But they are, but I've seen this movie so many times at this point. This is one of my go-to documentaries because it's only an hour 23. Oh, it's and sometimes that's what you need. Line. That's what you it's, need. But it's, seeing it's, that guy, this, he's uh, talking to like, I don't do drugs, I don't drink, I just play video games. Like, you know what, man? I'm not going to yuck you yum. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. That's and he's what not you wrong. Do. It is a better vice than than some. I hide in my basement and I drink Guinness and play video games and hide from my family. <laughs> like, good well, for you, man. Upstairs. Nerd. They do stomp around <laughs> upstairs often. Every single time we're about to start recording this podcast, my wife decides to just start stomping right. around like she's got fucking clogs on. While Dave cheers real loud every time the aisles score, even though they're not going to make the playoffs. That's right. <laughs> hey, come on. This is legitimately Mike's first time on this podcast, and I've reached for my phone how many times? And uh, uh, the Islanders are currently winning 3-2 in this game. Because <laughs> I keep looking at the score as it happens. You get me. You get me. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the protagonist of this movie, which is obviously Steve Wiebe. The way it makes it out, it is Steve Wiebe, and he's a uh, Saint Slam and Saints. He is a Saint Slam and Saint. Like think Pope John Paul II slamming uh, Mother Teresa. Like that's how this movie is made out to be. Hot. I like when he's at school <laughs> and he's he's explaining to the kids in his class. He's like, uh, I have the world. They're like the world record. Like they do, they don't realize it. I guess. Until there's a documentary being made. <laughs> they're interviewing two of his students, and they're like, yeah, he has like some sort of world record in a video game. I don't know. All of our science teachers are fucking weird. <laughs> I like the way he tells his class that like the, he has the world record in Donkey Kong, because he announces it out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. It seems like. Well, they're, I mean, you're standing in the back of the classroom filming. You just kind of got to drop it in there somewhere. Mr. Somewhere. Weeby, why are there cameras here? <laughs> Because I currently hold the world <laughs> record in Donkey Kong. Chlorophyll more like Borophyll also. <laughs> Put that in the trailer. <laughs> Is there a trailer for this movie? Uh, probably. <laughs> All I know about this movie is Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars, and Richard Roper said, this thing deserves an Oscar for Best Documentary. Wow. Nice. And you can impress Roper. You've done something right. You've definitely done something right. We got Roper calling for Oscars. So uh, Weeby gets a 10? He has to get a 10. I'm flirting with an 11 here. Weeby gets a 10. But it's definitely Ooh. a 10. Steve Weeby. Don't say Steve Weeby like it's basketball Steve Perry. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Steve Weenie Weeby. <laughs> hey, we said no more Donkey Kong psychouts. <laughs> Antagonist. So, Derek Ives. He wrote in and asked a question about this. He said, is Billy Mitchell one of the top tier baddies? Like Ooh. up there with, he called him Death Vader. I don't know what that's about. That's dark. Derek or Hans Gruber or Hannibal Lecter. And can you touch up on the controversies 
of Billy Mitchell sky scores after it came out, which we're getting, we have touchdown. We're getting there. Billy Mitchell gets made out to be one of the all time great baddies. He does. He he's painted with a with a very dark brush here. It's the darkest brush. But this guy sends videotapes after saying videotapes aren't good enough, and they might be altered. As much as I hate Billy Mitchell, I love Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell, uh, I I love to hate. Billy sorry, Mitchell. sorry, Billy fucking Mitchell. <laughs> nice. Yes. It's a late addition to his name, but Steve fucking Weeby and Billy fucking Mitchell. Mike, what do you give me a score on Billy Mitchell? He he's definitely a a top tier bad guy, a hill. He tries to put himself over a lot. I, I'm more in the the like eight range. Sold. Is there anything more villainous than telling your henchman he can die as long as <laughs> he delivers the MacGuffin? Yes, because he did it twice. <laughs> One of them was to a sweet old lady. <laughs> There's a sweet old lady that he was like, he didn't you say protect that this. you could die to the old lady. He right. gave her the luggage spiel instead but of the death spiel. He was ready to sacrifice Brian to the gods of Donkey Kong. <laughs> Brian could fuck off all the way to hell. He did He did try to be nice when he, like, delivered the Cubert machine to her house, and she squeezed with joy when he she opens the door. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, so, it's Billy! And then you got his parents who <laughs> love him, so it's like, is it the documentary trying to make him look at it like a bad guy, or is it just some people don't realize, Billy, you're a piece of shit? Billy Mitchell's dad's the type of dad, <clears throat> hear me out, <laughs> hear me out, who has jerked off to a picture of his son. Dude, they are... <laughs> They have been sitting in those, like, uh, lazy boy chairs for so long, they're almost <laughs> horizontal. They are leaning so far back. It's the Grandpa Joe of video game oh, yeah. They were like, you want to film a, a documentary about our son? Like, they probably didn't know at the time that he was going to be made out to be the bad guy. No. They're probably like, oh, yeah, Billy. He's I'll talk about my son all he wants. All day. Oh, no, 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 filmmaker. Don't make you feel like I birthed the video game Hitler. Don't do that. <laughs> video game Hitler. So we're going with an eight? I think an eight's uh, fair. All right. It's going to be eight for antagonist. That next up is screenplay, and that's complicated. It's none, uh, but making a documentary is really, really hard. Yeah. Well, because uh, sometimes you start in one spot and you end up in a completely different spot. Exactly. A general competitive gaming documentary turned into Weeby vs. Mitchell. They found the story. I kind of want to go with like a seven. Because even though you are a documentary filmmaker, you do have to lead the people a little bit with your mm. questioning. Oh, there's, there's a lot of leading in there's this documentary. There's a lot sure. of leading. But that's where you grab your interest. Exactly. <laughs> if you were just like, oh, two guys are both going for the high score. But you created a... a a villain and a hero. Yeah. And a hero that you love. It's hard not to love Steve Weeby. Well, yeah, they they paint him out. They're like, he doesn't have a job. He has a job. <laughs> like, how cool would it have been if when they're at Fun Spot, Steve Weeby leaves with a hooker? <laughs> Did Brian pay for that with all that? Probably. His retirement money. If you if you break the record, <laughs> I'll buy her for you. <laughs> And I'll pay her in quarters. <laughs> you saw mall rats with your sock full of quarters. I'll give you a condom full of quarters. Don't use the condom. She's clean. It's New Hampshire. Fuck for your die is what they say. You're good what? with Seattle grunge in New Hampshire. <laughs> we got, well, this is what we've got. 
<laughs> what I'm going to need you to do is tie a plaid shirt around your waist while you do me. Look, bike week was like three weeks ago. You'll be fine. What is New Hampshire known for? Um, Being between Vermont and Maine. <laughs> <laughs> they used to have an old man in a mountain and he fell, he fell off. Down. <laughs> and they still talk about him. They do. He's still on all the license plates and stuff. When you go into New Hampshire. And the quarter. Oh, God. It's like looking at a corpse with all their exit signs. Because like exit one, man on the mountain. It's like he's not there anymore. <laughs> I actually think they, they recently built. I'm talking completely out of my ass. But I think they recently rebuilt the facade. And is now that there's, legal? There's is like that fair? Fake man in the in the mountain, back on the mountain. I don't like that at all. I mean, if you're gonna base your entire uh, statehood on one monument and it falls, might as well recreate it, I guess. Okay. I mean, like, <laughs> what if whichever Dakota has the? <laughs> it's the southern the, one. The faces. What if South Dakota all of a sudden didn't have that faces with the presidents anymore? What are they gonna? What are you gonna do? South Dakota is gonna have to recreate that. Don't they have Sturgis also? The the motorcycle thing where people go to and hang out in South Dakota. Is that it? I don't know. Well, New Hampshire also has uh, Bike Week in Lakota. There you go. So, uh, so New Hampshire's really just the, the South the Dakota Eastern. of New England. <laughs> that makes so much sense. New Hampshire. Like, oh, New Hampshire is the Florida of the North. Nice. That is the most appropriate way to put that. <laughs> so what are we giving screenplay? A seven? Seven. Even though there is none. But Yeah, but the story still had to be sussed out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Next up is style and tone. Brian, why don't you answer this one? Because this is your first time seeing it. It's a very, very low budget film. Well, yeah. And I don't I don't really style wise, I mean, you're you're just shooting what happened. I mean, these are these are people playing their games. It's yeah. a documentary. Tonally, though, this is telling a story. You got to build it, man. And it's telling it very well. It is a tight hour 23. Well, and that's, that's it. True. Like, I, I rewatched it like two nights ago and I, I started playing it. It got towards the end. I was like, fuck, that went by quick. Yeah. yeah it's a yeah. good feeling, right? I'm leaning like an eight or a nine. I'm okay with an eight. Eight feels right. Yeah. I don't know why nine feels too high. But I, if you went seven, I'd be like, man, you must have hated this movie. As soon as I said nine, I was like, mm, I don't know about that. But yeah, eight, I think, feels right for style and tone on this. And that's going to bring us to our director, Seth Gordon. Well, he did this, and then he did Horrible Bosses. He also Natural did- Natural progression of things. I mean, like, right after this, he did Four Christmases. Legitimate filmmaker. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's done a bunch of episodes of, like, Parks and Rec, Community, The Office, a bunch of stuff like that. Like one-off episodes here and there. He also did the 2017 Baywatch movie, so <laughs> someone had to. This... Did they? <laughs> did they? The the office makes so much sense with the way this movie is shot. Absolutely. Just some of those like interview type segments. I can see Dwight like walking into an arcade and picking the most obscure game. He's like. Adam's Family Values Pinball. Sold. I'm going to get the highest score in the world right <laughs> now. Dwight, Dwight's like a like a mappy type guy. <laughs> we saw the mappy champion, though, in there. We That's did true. see the mappy champion. I feel like Dwight would be like, I'm actually uh, the regional qualifier for the Frogger tournament coming up. And mm. I think that's Dwight, uh, Dwight gives George off Costanza. Frogger, Frogger energy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the crossover I've been waiting for. 
Dwight versus George in Frogger. Yes, please. Sold. Uh, Seth fucking Gordon, no. I'm giving a perfect 10. Perfect 10. You know... He found the story here. He found, he found a it. story, and fucking what a story he found. Absolutely. 10. Next up is music. <laughs> is there any? Do, yeah, there's there's two needle drops in this one. There there are. They um they really l- rely heavily on that uh you're the best. Karate Kid. Oh god, Karate Kid soundtrack. It just feels so natural that I didn't even think about it. Yeah. And uh I want to say Eye of the Tiger is in this too. It is Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> it would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. They're like if we're going to sign one, let's get them both. It's a and package they work, deal. They yeah. just work perfect where they're at and a Obviously, I think they're the only two songs. Oh, let's not let's not forget about Walter Day Originals. Steve Weeby's got a few in there with some guitar riffs and the he does the drums. <laughs> True, there is somebody credited as as doing music on this movie, Craig Ritchie, who I've, I've never sure. heard of for obvious reasons. I mean, you've got like some vid- <laughs> there's like some video game like scores kind of happening, sight like real low in the background. Yeah, just so you don't have that silence. What's your gut saying, Mike? Oh man. I wish there were more songs, but I, I want. It's like you want to get to the point with the documentary. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go eight. Boom! It feels right because those two songs just are perfect where they're at. They work so well that Dave forgot they were in the movie. Well, <laughs> I, I, God's love. But those, they're also <laughs> two songs that like <laughs> everyone hears them and right. they're like, oh, it's that song. Oh yeah, this is. I don't know who sings. This is it. the Rocky Three Get Pumped Up song, mm. and then the song that wasn't in Rocky Three, so they used it for Karate Kid. <laughs> Billy Mitchell has absolutely jerked off to Rocky IV. Oh, for sure. Does he use hot sauce as his lotion? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in my product so oh, much. Oh, man. If he dies, That's so weird he and dies. gross. <laughs> oh, God. Oof. Billy Mitchell's character. Everyone who's listening to this and you don't know Billy Mitchell, just Google it now. Oh, once you see his face, it it'll right all away. make sense. It just, he is a Florida man. He's like a full-size Peter Dinklage. <laughs> yep, that's a good way to put it. Uh, next up is Box Office, which is complicated in this one because I looked everywhere. I could not find the budget of this movie, but I know it's super low. Has to be. This movie did end up making $790,000, which is not huge. No. But I suspect that it's a lot more than they expected to make. I can't imagine it costs more than $50,000. No, and that's what it made opening weekend. This is a huge cult hit, like massive cult massive. hit. Massive. I'll say DVD sales. Probably all that streaming money. Yeah. It was on Netflix. It was. People, no, it's not. Everyone knows this movie. Yeah, I actually brought up to somebody that I didn't expect would have heard of this movie, and they were like, oh, you're going to love that. So 10. Fuck it. I don't know where I, we stand I think on it's this, gotta but be. 10. I would imagine it made 500%. Absolutely. 10. I don't know. That, that was. All those flights to Florida and New Hampshire. <laughs> that, <laughs> that one prostitute. That old Florida, New Hampshire route. <laughs> yep, flew out of Orlando directly to Manchester, and uh, here we are. The final category in our scoring system is impact on the industry. <sighs> on what? On which industry? Yeah. Documentaries or video games or arcades? Because I bought arcade machines. Kind of because of how much I like this documentary. I got deep into arcade machines because of this movie. Like, I will hunt down arcades now and go to arcades now. They've become such a thing again over the past 
10, 15 years. Oh, yeah, especially with the the coming of the barcades. Well, that's it. Yeah, you've got the, like, small ones. You'll walk in 10 machines, and then you go to these other ones that are a warehouse with yeah. 500 machines. Hell, I have Absolutely. three in my neighborhood, so. Road trip. <laughs> we'll bring Brian Q. He can pay for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, good. He's retired. Uh, I'm going to say 10 because, damn it, I like this movie. Damn it, I like it. <laughs> there was In 2014, they actually put they did a musical based on this, on this documentary. <laughs> and Seth Gordon's trying to get a, a live-action film. I was going to say, yeah, story. there's like a big-budget yeah, studio-scripted of... adaptation that's supposed yeah. to be, that's been in like development hell since 2007. But... Leave it there. Leave it there. <laughs> it doesn't need to go anywhere. Can we cast that? Right now? Peter yes. Dinklage as Billy Mitchell. Done. <laughs> <laughs> you, only sh- you only shoot him from the, the, the waist up. No. I no. would love to see Rain Wilson as Brian Koo. Oh, I was thinking the other guy. As the Robert, Robert. The guy yeah. that watches the... the oh, tapes. God, that's even better. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Uh, William H. Macy as Walter Day. Sold. Nice. Absolutely sold. Yep. And you need like a, a lovable everyman for Steve Wiebe. Hear me out. Steve Wiebe. I love it. As Steve Wiebe. I like it a lot. I was going to say Chris Pine, who's not an everyman, but. Uh, he's too handsome, though. Chris, Chris Pine could play uh, the other guy, Steve Sanders, the guy that like lied about his scores. <laughs> oh, yep. yeah. I love that Steve Sanders is like team Billy Mitchell the entire time. And then they interview him at that last time. He's like, Steve Wiebe's a good fucking guy. You know, I, I feel like. I met his wife. I got- met his kids. Yeah. <laughs> But he <laughs> totally like, he, turns. He's he, sitting right next to Billy Mitchell. But he went like, to like Iowa or whatever for that like 1970s photo shoot with all the arcades in the street and like just straight up made up a score. Oh, yeah. And he got it. And Billy straight called him out. And he's like, let's play against each other and then beat his ass. <laughs> and now they're friends. Yeah. He's like, well, I got to be friends with him because he just <laughs> totally b- blew my cover. Let's go with Impact in the Industry A10. Nine? 11? Eight? You, you? Someone stop me? I don't know where to stop you because you keep bouncing back and forth. Eight and eleven is a big difference. Uh, oh man, I wish we knew that budget. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna say nine. Doug like nine. It feels fine. That is gonna give the King of Kong a fistful of quarters, a total score of ninety. We're safe from having to pound drinks. We're oh, safe. Uh, tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes. It is obviously fresh. It's a 97%. Oh, wow. And the audience score is a 93%. Whew. This movie is beloved. We were close. I don't know anyone that's ever seen this and at the end gone, well, that sucked. Meh. That was, that was a waste of my time. <laughs> oh, you just wasted 79 minutes of my life. It's 15 years old and Brian finally saw it and loved it. Yeah, He'll so watch it phenomenal. again, too. I it's will. It's so good. I'll watch it again. It's, I'll play it some sucks King that Kong. it's not like... It's not readily available. It used to be on Netflix. I think you can get it on YouTube for free. Probably oh. not supposed to, but nobody cares. Oh, yeah. Some of us have the years DVD old. that came out in 2008. I've, I've got the disc. Just Ooh. some of us have it. Well, watch, watch those special features. Yep. <laughs> There's some I'm good ones. very curious. Apparently, there was something in the special features that helped them determine that Billy Mitchell was using uh, ROMs. And emul- uh, he was emulating Kong. I know. I know. On there, at one point, they show their games side by side to show the difference of how Steve plays compared to how Billy plays. Oh, that's cool. Like Steve kind of goes through the level really quickly, and Billy kind of fucks around to like add up points. To add up points. Yeah. We never actually but, saw Billy play anything, right? Not in the documentary. Other that's than no. his video Other tapes, than the video, yeah. Which is like we said earlier, like 
Guinness has kind of reinstated his scores to the to a point. It doesn't matter, yeah, because all these other people have blown it out of the water. The legitimacy of the tape yeah. scores in question, but, but but Twin Galaxies is like, nope, we're not we're not reinstating them. Yeah, good for Twin Galaxies and Walter Day and his hoarding house. Walter Day fell so in love with Steve Weeby that he's like, no, fuck Billy Mitchell. <laughs> it's hard not to fall in love with Steve Weeby. It is. Just ask Nicole Weeby. Who would be played by Pam from The Office. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so that is the King of Kong, a fistful of quarters, 2007. Derek Ives, thank you for writing in and submitting that. If you are a listener, you can submit any movie that you want. Because the last week of every single month, we go to the audience requests and yeah. we have to do whatever comes up randomly selected from the movies that you guys send us so we have to do it mike lanham has a couple on there that's true you have to do it so submit your your picks patrons you get two picks but brian what are we talking about next week it's happy gilmore it's happy gilmore yeah <laughs> uh, our good friend sean from the experience grind podcast was like hey what does it take to get on your show and do happy gilmore and that, was said, that was it that was enough that right there it's good which, enough for us. Ironically enough, to which uh, our good friend Mike Lanham said, is that all it takes? And then made it onto the show before Sean. It was destiny. Yeah. Sorry. It was destiny. One every hundred thousand years or so. <laughs> when the sun doth shine and the moon doth glow. Exactly. And the dust doth blow. So next week, happy Gilmore. Until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for our Cape Podcasters throwback with Black Widow, and email us your questions and comments to beermeamoviepod at gmail.com, or follow us on social media, at beermeamovie on all of the things except Twitter, which is beermeamoviepod. And on those social media, we usually put up a post on recording day asking for your questions and comments. And we got a couple, because Micah wrote in, and he asks, how many quarters would it take for you to beat Donkey Kong? Mike, that's on you. Uh, I owned in the past tense this machine it was set on free play there's not enough quarters in the world for me because that game is impossible that was gonna be my answer like even like playing it on like an nes classic with like save states it's a pain in the ass because the game is so hard and i'm gonna go the tenacious d route and kind of compare quarters to cock push-ups you only need one you only need one <laughs> and then some douchebag named mike lanham Ask speed runs. <laughs> Fuck that guy. High scores and new game plus have become very big in the gaming world. If you could choose one game that you're confident in, what would it be? Probably confident in like playing your friends. Because obviously, if you watch some of these videos online, you'd get oh yeah your, the floor swept with some of these. You got pros. people like Brian Koo who've been retired since thirty playing these games nonstop. <laughs> The original Sonic the Hedgehog. That's a good one. Or like I've never the, been good at Sonic. Or like are a just, Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, you are we talking? Toe are we talking Earl. speed run or? You ask the question. You tell us no, who no, we're no, talking. No. It, it's in there. But is Brian for Sonic like how fast he gets through it? How many coins he gets without losing them? Oh, coins without losing them is because that happens a lot in Sonic. You it just does. Get blasted. I feel like Sonic is one that you almost have to do speed run. Well, yeah. By definition, he's fast. Also, you get <laughs> bonus points for finishing rounds with more time, so kind of works into that, too. I remember in high school, like freshman year, sophomore year, whatever it was, it was whenever Grand Theft Auto Vice City was popular. And I remember I got challenged to beat the game over a weekend, mm -hmm. and I did. 
Mm. And it's like an 18-hour game or something like that. So that's my pick because it's a weirder one. That is weirder. But I still had to like dig down deep and do it. And I'm not big on speedrunning. I'm not good at no, speedrunning things. I think it would depend on the game. Like I like uh, like Micah playing like Mario 1 at the Arcade Expo. Like yeah. <clears throat> how quickly you can beat that or you have a certain amount of, of time. Like you can run through all of Mario 1 in like less than five minutes sure if but you then you watch zone yeah yeah but then you watch these videos on like youtube or twitch or whatever where these guys have figured out like how to fall through levels or right or frames and stuff like that yeah and they're all within like half a second of like the top 10 people in the world of how quickly they're beating these games it's like how do you know like those exist that to me is amazing speed running i don't care for it too much it's it's an art but, but it is an art it's a yeah, big time yeah. skill that you, I can't. You definitely do. have to spend some time getting yeah. to that level. Absolutely. So, uh, Mike Lanham, thank you for the question. Micah, thank you for the question. <laughs> Mike, thanks for coming on, bud. Uh, any Anytime, guys. You only had to change up the show for me to appear. You say anytime. That's the worst <laughs> thing you could have said because you'll be back. You'll be back. You will be back. Do you have anything you want to promote? I've got two shows on the list, or two movies. They'll they'll eventually come around. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> now that you know what it takes to get on the show, <laughs> oh, exactly. Hey, no, we're gonna leave it till when they randomly get picked. Perfect. Uh, Brian, I I have nothing to promote. <laughs> I don't have a podcast. I just yeah give money to yours and then listen. Do what he does, Brian. You got anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. Next week, it's Happy Gilmore. We'll see you then. Next week is Happy Gilmore. See you then. <laughs>